Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show. Season's greetings, the Christmas break is upon us. Uh, obviously this show is brought to you by Over the Bar, presented by your hosts, myself, Rory Petrie and Mark Broadhurst of Nuremberg. Um, yes, so the last round of match day fixtures before the Christmas slash mini winter break uh, is match day 13. Been treated to some more very interesting and uh, lots of talking points for, for myself and Mark to go through. Uh, just before we go over to Mark's mystery anagram, as always, we're just going to quickly ask you guys to keep subscribing. Please click that red button when you're watching on YouTube to get us up to the big 100 number. Hopefully, we're going to start to be able to do some giveaways as well. Uh, so keep your ears peeled for that in the future. Get yourself subscribed for the potentially the chance to win some, some merchandise of o OTB stuff coming up potentially in the near future. And please also do so. If you are listening on an audio platform, leave us a review, leave us a rating, comment in the comment section below as well. If you're watching on YouTube, let us know how we're getting on. Anyway, on to business then, straight over to Mark for Mark's mystery anagram. He'll obviously tell us what the answer was to last week's show and this week's one as well. So Mark, over to you. Yeah, so over to lockdown Nuremberg here. Yeah, so <laughs> let's have a little look uh, over a Mark's mystery anagram for the week 13 fixtures. So let's have a little look. So let's just start by recapping last week's uh, anagram as well, which uh, if you can remember, if you're one of our regulars to the show, you will probably remember it was a bunker severely. Yeah, but unfortunately, nobody got it correct this week. So come on, guys. We're, we're getting mixed results here on this. So some weeks we're getting it, other weeks we're not. But I think that's two weeks in a row now that nobody's got it. Yeah. And to be honest, this week it probably wasn't one of our harder ones either because it was a club. I think usually the clubs are a little bit easier than the, the players or managers. And it was indeed uh, the Bundesliga leaders going into this weekend, actually, by a Leverkusen, yeah. So, yeah, nobody got it right, but hopefully next time we'll have a little bit more luck. So, yeah, so remember, guys, that the every single anagram that we do, it has to be a club, a player, or a manager slash head coach, as they call them these days, from the Bundesliga. And, um, yeah, so let's move on to week 13's Mark's Mystery Anagram which, as you can see now at the bottom of your screen, is gonna lie. So, yeah, it should be a little bit easier this week, a nice short one. Remember, guys, if you're listening on the podcast, just take a pen very quickly. Um, yeah, and I'm just going to read it out a bit slower for you. So it's two words. It's gonna, G-O-N-N-A, lie, L-I-E. Gonna lie. So remember, it has to be something related to the Bundesliga, either a club, a player, or a coach slash manager. And yeah, uh, comment on our YouTube channel or just do it for fun if you're listening on our podcast on uh, Spotify or Anchor. So yeah, just uh, interact with us as much as possible because that's we really appreciate that and we want it as much as possible. So, yeah, so that's the end of Mark's Mystery Anagram for week 13. So let's find out the results and find out which clubs have had an unlucky week 13. 
happened. So let's have a look at, as you can see at the bottom of your screen, the results from the Friday, Saturday and Sunday of this week 13 fixtures. So on Friday night, we started with a 2-1 win for Union against Ailing Dortmund. Yeah, so the first defeat for the uh, kind of, I'm not really really sure what you call him. Is he a permanent manager or more likely a, a stand-in, really, Terzic? But yeah, he faced a difficult, obviously winning his first game in Bremen, but a 2-1 defeat in this game at in Berlin. Then uh, moving on to Saturday, a, a, a nice a third win of the season for Frankfurt away in Augsburg. A good performance there from Eintracht. Then a disappointing, the season is starting to really take a turn for the worse for Gladbach the last few weeks. A 2-1 home defeat to a previously struggling Hoffenheim, but that's a win that will give them some confidence. Then a, a bottom-of-the-table clash between uh, Mainz and Werder, which ended in a 1-0 win for Werder away from home. Then maybe a surprising 0-0 draw between RB Leipzig and Cologne. So, I mean, Cologne really shoring up the defence from the midweek, hammering by Leverkusen. A fantastic result for them. Then it was the clash of the bottom teams, wasn't it? The 18th v 16th clash. And once again, as we seem to say every single week, Schalke lose. A 1-0 home defeat to Bielefeld to really, that's their first away win of the season and what a win it is. Then on to the, the other side of the table, the clash between first v second, Bayer Leverkusen v Bayern Munich. And yeah, I mean, it was all too predictable, wasn't it? I mean, Leverkusen having much of the better of the play, but Bayern finding the win 2-1 away from home. Then onto the Sunday games, a really, really entertaining game between Freiburg and Hertha Berlin, which ended in a 4-1 win for, for Freiburg. Three wins on the bounce for them now, who have really finished the first part of the season well. And then moving on to the last game, uh, Wolfsburg won against a, perhaps a slightly tired Stuttgart side, nil. So a rare defeat for Stuttgart, really only a third defeat for them of the season. So, yeah, so that rounds up your scores on the doors for week 13. So, yeah, let's move on to OTB's featured four, where we pick out the best four games of the weekend. So remember, this is like a double header show, really, where we wanted to kind of uh, obviously just before the winter break, we will have a two week break after this, a slightly reduced winter break due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Usually it's about four weeks, but this year it's only going to be about it's only going to be two weeks. So, yeah, we won't be away for too long, guys. Don't worry about that. But, yeah, we wanted to kind of uh, sum up every team's uh, performance, really, uh, this over this uh, kind of doubleheader weekend because it was a rare English evoker, as they call it, English week, where they have midweek as well in week 12. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's start with, obviously, the big game. I mean, there's only one place to start this weekend. It probably was the game of the weekend as well in terms of quality which was uh, Bayer Leverkusen 1, uh, Bayern Munich 2. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, from a Leverkusen perspective, the game couldn't have started better with Paddy Schick absolutely banging a volley in and then seemingly having the second goal. I was sitting there on my couch, like celebrating, thinking that they'd gone 2-0. Sorry, Bayern fans, but yeah, I don't want you to win the league this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it looked like 2-0, but again, one of these offside decisions, wasn't it? It was like a toenail offside, but I mean, that was a massive point. And then from then on, Bayern doing what Bayern do, really, and Lewandowski doing what Lewandowski does. 
what did you make of that one, uh, Rory? Uh, well, to, to try and avoid kind of repeating myself, it, it's kind of <laughs> same old, same old, really. In, in terms of uh, the way the Bayern are playing lately is quite unimpressive. Obviously, we, we've lauded them on many occasions, certainly at the start of the season, um, for the way that they play football. Uh, obviously, an exceptional team with a lot of talent going forward. But just at the moment, they're just having to scrap through games and and as we mentioned in our in our previous show, uh, the midweek version, they scraped past Wolfsburg again, not necessarily being the better team, and <laughs> they've done it again. Um, yeah, in terms of reviewing the game, like you said, um, if Leverkusen go two up, then it's then it's a different game for Bayern to chase. Um, but again, as as I've um, kind of said beforehand. Um, Bayern have got this habit in big games, especially when they're down, they get a goal just before half-time and it kills teams, uh, mentally speaking. Uh, and obviously the second half was a bit of a non-event, really, um, because a lot of teams are looking tired and fatigued, which is understandable, of course. Um, so, the, uh, I mean, the nature in which Leverkusen gave the goals away, I mean, it's almost like they want Bayern to win the league. I, I mean... So Tapsoba gives the ball away when he should just blast it forward, and so Bayern then have the ball in their in their um, in their third. It's whipped in, and then both Jonathan Tarr and keeper Hardecki both missed the ball completely. And <laughs> I mean Lewandowski doesn't need an invitation to score, so he just clips it into the net, an open goal to make it 1-1. And then all that positivity, all that energy is just sucked right out of Leverkusen, I think. Um, and as I said, second half, bit of a non-event. Settle for a point and then, you know, you at least you're still topped by Christmas. But no, Jonathan Tarr's um, first touch, my word. Second touch is basically a tackle, which is familiar to my uh, footballing skills, I think. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm familiar with the concept. But yeah, and then they break and then Lewandowski obviously finishes really well to make it 2-1. He obviously uh, is, mm. is the game changer, the game decider. So Bayern sitting pretty at the top of the Christmas tree uh, at Christmas after uh, after a huge double win uh, this uh, this um, last few days. So I wouldn't say it was impressive by them. It was a great, uh, it was a good game. I say a great game. It was a good game to watch. The first half especially was better than the second. Um, but yeah, Leverkusen will be absolutely devastated by that. A game that they should never have lost. Yeah, I mean, in some ways it might be good that they have a two-week break on that game, to be honest, because I think if they were playing next midweek, then it, they could really have a hangover on that. Like, I know managers often come out with the cliche that you just want to get on to the next game, but very often we see teams that, like, I mean, you've seen it with Spurs in the Premier League. They face the first defeat in ages, then they lose a second game a few days later. And I wouldn't be surprised that if Leverkusen played next midweek or something, then they'd probably lose again, you know? I think... This is a really, really hard defeat to take for Leverkusen because, as you say, there's no way in a million years that Bayern did enough to win that game, really. And, I mean, you're at home. Even a draw, a draw would have been a really good result for Leverkusen because you're still going in top. You're 13 games unbeaten. I mean, at the end of the day, if you beat the other teams and you draw against your title rivals, then that's fine. 
you know, you just need to make sure you don't lose those kind of games. And yeah. I mean, it's just a, after dominating the first, what, 44 minutes, it's just, it's an absolute sickener for them. Yeah. It's yeah. just, um, that their fans and their players are going to, it's ruin their Christmas that is, I can guarantee it. It's, uh, I mean, obviously for Bayern ending, first of all, uh, Wolfsburg's 11 game winning run on Wednesday, on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then uh, the Leverkusen's 12 game winning run, uh, sorry, unbeaten run. I mean, you just you just can't run. And they didn't really play well in either game. That's just how right. that is just how good Bayern are, really. You know, and we I think we mentioned it on the last show that to win football matches you need to have this ability. You're not going to play amazing every single match. You just can't do it in football. So, yeah. yeah, but they just have that ability, don't they? Yeah. I think the only negative for Bayern is the fact that Coleman went off injured. Um, that that could be crucial because obviously we've already uh, mentioned how well he's played this season. And I mean, the new signing Sane on then off, so the sub yeah. getting subbed. So that's obviously not a, a, a great look for him. Um, and but on the other side of it, it's great to see Kimmich back from their point of view. So. Yeah, a very good weekend for, for Bayern Munich fans and the club, especially in terms of the other results, obviously, which we'll go on to talk about. So, yeah, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Bayern fans. Uh, commiserations by Leverkusen fans, I think. Yeah, yeah, I was going to allude to that about Sane because actually today, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, the kind of sporting director of Bayern, came out and I wouldn't really say slated Sane, but he definitely criticised him quite openly. He said he needed to give him a kick up the butt to get him start to play him properly, yeah, which is quite... Uh, I mean, they are a little bit... Just, he's, he's done a few good things. Like he, I think he had his best game in that match against... Um, Dortmund he played well in that game but I think other than that I mean he's not but I think he's been unlucky about the fact that Kingsley Comor has just been so good you know I think I think Bayern would have been secretly thinking yeah I mean he's uh, Sané is going to replace Comor in the starting lineup in the first choice starting lineup but it's anything but at the minute you know I mean yeah we don't know how long he's injured for I don't know if you saw that I, I don't think it was a serious injury but no, probably I mean, not they're hope he's back yeah they're definitely going to hope he's back for the first game uh, after the winter break on the 2nd and 3rd of January. Okay, so let's swiftly move on to the next uh, game, which was again, I mean, it's just kind of sums up the fortunes of these two teams this season, doesn't it? Another two-headed goals for Union Berlin. So they've had four goals in this uh, double header this week and all of them have been headers, yeah. I mean, we've talked before that they do play more football this season, but I think without Max Cruiser in these two games, they've gone back to basics, but they're still getting results, aren't they? I mean, it's just... Um to, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, what are Dortmund doing defensively? They just look an absolute shambles defensively, don't they? And at the end of the game, Mats Hummels, just before his interview, I don't know if you saw this, Rory, but he smashed the board. Like he's clearly not enjoying times at the moment, and he wants to show the fans that he's not, he's anything but happy, and things are just yeah. not right at the club. What What do Dortmund need to do to even salvage this season, really? Oh, it's tricky because. As we've mentioned, um, that there's a lot of issues, it seems, because from from the defensive point of view, obviously, there's a lot of problems. They've tried different formations. Uh, I know a lot of fans aren't particularly pleased with, with the player or the signing of Mounier. He hasn't settled, I don't think. Um, and then 
they're, they're just so easy to play against, um, it seems. It, it's either balls over the top or, or set pieces seem to be their undoing. They're, they're two pretty, you know, easy ways to play. Um, so, yeah, it's tricky. If you keep on playing around formations, it's it's hard for defenders and, and players to get used to a shape as well. So it's tricky to keep on trying things when, especially when you're in, you're in the pressure cooker of having to keep on getting results, even whilst you're playing quite poorly. Um, and then going further up the field, obviously there's this massive reliance on Haaland, which is even more kind of clear when when um, when he's not playing and when he's been injured. Um, obviously, one thing that we should say, obviously congratulations to the young man, Makoko, obviously breaking the Bundesliga record for the youngest ever goal scorer. Very, very impressive. And I'm sure we're going to be uh, talking a lot about that young man in years and years to come. Um, what I would say is um, I'm surprised he didn't actually get his goal earlier because he certainly had a lot of chances in midweek, I'd say. Um, but he did take his did take his chance very well, a very fine left-footed strike uh, to get them get themselves uh, in the game. Um, but yeah, just rinse and repeat for Union. Yeah, set pieces, done the job, especially when they probably would have known that Dortmund have been uh, weak to this. We saw Cologne, I think, take advantage of, of that previously against Dortmund. So that's obviously a massive worry for them. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Hummels has come out and, you know, as one of the senior figures in the team take, takes the presses and, and things like that and it is hurting quite clearly. And it's probably quite difficult when you're someone like Hummels, who is obviously now an ageing player, but he's still a, a big name and he's a big player, but maybe his body isn't doing what he wants it to do, potentially. And um, I'm sure Hummels as a character, uh, you know, he's a winner, he's a leader, won't you know, he, he'll be trying his level best to, to turn things around for the club. But right now, that defence looks incredibly leaky. They keep on playing themselves into trouble. I think when you're struggling, you just try and be a bit more direct. Get get out your defence. Don't give the opposition a chance to press you so much, maybe. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of issues going on at Dortmund. On the other side of it, Union, strength to strength, they're looking really, really good. Uh, uh, really impressed by them. Um, looking like you know top top six uh, at the very minimum is achievable i don't see why not uh the the way that they're going got a nice little break now as well um maybe they didn't need a break because they're one of the form teams at the moment i'd say in the bundesliga um but so they're going up and dortmund you know are, are coming down at the moment so yeah very interesting times at the moment yeah, I mean, four points in two home games against Bayern and Dortmund within the space of a week. Uh, remember, and obviously sandwiching that with a... I mean, they probably should have got the winner, Stuttgart, in midweek as well. But everything's just going great for Union, isn't it? I mean, it's like, obviously, Cedric Toykart as well, uh, another assist from him. Like They have so many players who can deliver that ball. You know, We mentioned in previous shows, Trimmel is another one, but Toykart as well. The, the guy on loan from uh, from Liverpool, our and sorry, my pronunciation of that, Awani, yeah, I think he's one of the harder names to pronounce in the Bundesliga, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's kind of come out, this is one of the things I love about the Bundesliga, like, you just kind of get players that come out of the woodwork, don't you, you know, like, obviously, last season, their kind of number one striker was Boulter, but he can't get near the pitch nowadays, and it's just, um, yeah, it's, uh, they're just one of those teams, they, they, 
I think there's a lot of similarities between Stuttgart and Union that they just kind of they've just got hero after hero in that team. They're playing like the yeah. lives depend on it, you know. Like all of the players are playing like way above what they should be, really, you know. And they become a really good side, and I think it's. Um, I mean, it's credit to. Uh, Urs Fischer that he's getting so much out of that team because it's like I mean there's no way that if you look to that team on paper at the start of the season there's no way you could predict that they'd be putting these kind of performances in you know yeah but I mean I did predict to, to not to give myself too much credit you know I did predict <laughs> to be top six top seven but I would yeah. say they've even exceeded my expectations because they're not only doing well against the smaller teams but they're doing well against the bigger teams as well and they're getting wins against the bigger teams and results but yeah, I think as for Dortmund, I mean, it's just, it's the opposite really, isn't it? I mean, obviously, if you look at those two sides as a football fan and said, who's going to win this game? Every day of the week, you'd say the Dortmund team, you know? I mean, they've got household names all across the pitch. But I think aside from probably Rayner and Mukuku, like which players can you say had a good game in this match, you know? Like even guys like Jaden Sancho and... Uh, <coughs> Marco Royce are massively underachieving this season as well, and it's just not good enough. Even Emrek Chan, you know, obviously he had a situation the other week as well where he stormed off the pitch. I think it was against Stuttgart, and he's been recalled for this game, but they're just not doing it, are they? And Axel Witzel has been getting a lot of stick as well after a really good season last year. It's just, I don't know, there's got to be something wrong with the culture in the club because they're getting a lot of dissent you're seeing dissent all the time. And it's just this clearly, for me, they need to get like a top manager in as soon as possible. I wouldn't even give Turtich uh, the next game, to be honest. I really think they need to get someone in ASAP because if they could, for me, if they, if they continue in this vein, they, they can forget top four, to be honest, really. I yeah. don't think they can even get, I, I just don't see it at all. Yeah. Even with Haaland back in the team, hopefully in January. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next game. So, uh, talking of teams uh, struggling again, like we seem to mention this a lot, don't we? Schalke, we, we said on the last show that this was a massive game. You couldn't even get a point out of this uh, home game against Armenia Bielefeld to nick the win. On, on the flip side, Fabian Close, who missed a sitter against Augsburg in the last game, bangs in the winner in this game so it just proves the difference that a week can make well a few days can make in football really yeah i mean a fantastic moment for him what did you make of this one rory yeah yeah classic um relegation six pointer wasn't it um certainly built built up that way and and it probably would have been easy to predict a kind of scrappy one nil uh result um but yeah bielefeld yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, we're quite clearly the team that wanted to get the win. We're desperate for it. Um, didn't seem it was, you know, enough desperation from Schalke to, to go out there and, and commit to, to getting the points. Um, obviously, Bielefeld could have been one up long before the, they scored in the end um, through chances for Cordova, I think it was. Um, so... And then, obviously, ultimately, maybe, you know, Ortega in there for Bielefeld is forced to make one really good, you know, lightning kind of reaction save uh, to follow up a shot off the line as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, Schalke didn't particularly look like they were going to score. Um, and it was probably just, you know, a matter of time 
uh, in, in regards to Armenia. That's obviously a massive, massive win for them. So well done to Armenia. Um, they keep on plugging away and, and that's obviously that, that's done them a lot of good. Um, there is obviously now a bit more of an established gap between the bottom two. Um, Schalke are, you know, a cut adrift. They're six points behind Armenia as a result of that loss. And that's just to be in a relegation playoff place. Um, so, for yeah, I said in the last show, if if Schalke loses, they're effectively gone. Um, I, I always want to kind of give hope to fans, uh, you know, of, of teams that are certainly potential to to go. But right now, well, I may my words, I'd happily do so. But I think Schalke are gone um, unless they, you know, they can get the new manager who's, who's come in, uh, which we've not even alluded to yet, of course, because Manuel Baum was the second manager to be relieved of his duties. So <laughs> this season for Schalke sums up their season. Um, so hopefully the new manager can inspire the team, but at the moment I can't see happening. Yeah, I mean it's um, it, you're just hoping for like I think what they're hoping for is that kick from a new manager. You know, I mean obviously Manuel Baum he didn't get a single win in I think it was um, ten or eleven league games, not a single win. And then obviously they, they fire him on the Friday, and then in comes Stevens, like Mister Mister Schalke. I think this is like his third stint in charge of the club, and he's not done well in any of them. <laughs> 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 I, mean, he, I think his last job was like a kind of botched job at the end of two seasons ago when he only got two wins out of 10 games at the end of the 2018-19 season I mean it's just I mean I really I've lost words to say about Schalke to be honest with you just the whole thing it, I mean remember this is one of the top four biggest clubs can you imagine this in England like I mean obviously Arsenal are bad now but it's nothing compared to what's happening with Schalke you know because yeah. it's just I mean, they've not won for almost a year by the time they next play on the, the second of uh, January I think they've got two or three more games to save the bacon without going a s whole year without a league win it's just absolutely like I mean obviously they bring in a new manager for this game and you can see what the board are thinking they're thinking you know we can get the new manager kick is going to get us a win here and we can kick start our season and even then they, they lose at home to Bielefeld you know it's just oh, you just can't believe it really can you it's just um, I mean for me I agree with you Rory I think like realistically the minimum you're going to need is like 25 26 points to stay up and i mean can you see them getting another like what 22 23 points from this season that's going to be like at least six wins for relegation playoff you know and that will yeah. be lucky that will be like a low number for the relegation playoff it could easily be 30 points that they need if other teams mm -hmm. recover you know and i just think they're dead and buried in my eyes now I mean, I said they need at least six, seven points from Augsburg, Freiburg and Bielefeld, and they've got one point from those games and they've still not got the win. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> yeah. uh, it really is dire, isn't it? I mean, it's just, um, you just can't believe it. It's, it. I mean, I feel sorry for the fans, to be honest, because it's a massive club, you know, the, the club is so important in that part of the world and it's just... They're going to be playing uh, second division football for me for the first time in many, many years. I mean, I, I don't know the stats exactly, but I would imagine it's at least 50, 60 years since they were last playing second division football. But yeah, I mean, it, barring a miracle now, and a real miracle, then it's going to be the, what happens, unfortunately, for them. 
Okay, so moving on to another team who are really, really starting to struggle again. Like after a, a slight renaissance a few weeks ago, they're only um, a couple, two points better off than Schalke actually, and it's Mainz as well losing at home to Werder Bremen, who also hadn't won for a good while. I mean, it was a last-minute goal, a really good goal, to be honest. Uh, Tat Tahit Chong getting the assist, which will probably be good for Rory as a Man United fan. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, Mainz just seem to be getting worse at the moment, don't they? Mateta and Botius don't seem to be getting the goals that they were early on in the season, you know? Yeah, um, I think uh, you often kind of uh, get a bit of Jekyll and Hyde um, with Mainz. And at the moment, they're, you know, they're on this ugly uh, kind of run of form, um, don't look very attacking or don't look like they're going to get any goals right now and and obviously they were very close to what would have been you know a very decent point in the end but as you've alluded to um Tadif Chong managed to set up um a, a young debutant uh in the form of um I think it's Din Dinshi. Uh, that that pronunciation is probably way off. Um, but the no uh, the young nineteen year old on his debut, basically his first touch, or maybe even his first touch of Bundesliga football, is a winning goal uh, and a very important winning goal for Verde because they've been slipping down themselves lately. Um, so that's obviously kind of been a bit of a fairy tale end for the young nineteen year old. So great, great to see for him. Um, yeah, not not a lot of chances I'd say. Obviously, uh, Sergeant I think had a few headed chances in the first half, um, and then the second half was probably quite stale. And then just sometimes that bit of injection of pace. Uh, Chong is a tricky player. He, he often kind of runs down, um, kind of wrong alleys and, and kind of gets um his final ball a bit wrong um but he's starting to you know produce a few a few nice bits off the bench um be good to see him put in a full 90 minute performance uh, i think that's obviously one thing that we've not seen from him as a young man just yet um but yeah important win for verda mines yeah as we've mentioned there's now a bit more of a gap so they need to get an important victory as soon as possible in the new year. Yeah, it just seems as though to me that they've just stopped creating chances. Like early on in the season, they were absolutely horrendous defensively, but they were scoring goals. Obviously, like Quazon, Mateta, Botius, they had goals in the team, you know? Yeah. And we, we were saying that if they can just shore up the defence a bit. And to be fair to them, I wouldn't say they're defending well now, but they are defending a bit better. They don't seem to concede as many chances and they're not as easy to play through the middle that they were in probably the first five or six rounds of fixtures. But I don't know. I guess it's one of them. They can't get the balance right in the team. And when they try to defend a bit deeper maybe and play a bit more conservatively they just can't get anything going attacking so it's just um i think there's a there's still a little bit more hope that they can stay up but again i mean the bottom two are really looking pretty dire and they have been for most of the season let's be honest with you i mean it's just uh i think this season more than ever like the writing almost looks on the wall really I mean, I think it's obviously I would say the only other two teams that have anything to worry about this year are probably Bielefeld and uh, Cologne. But as we've seen in recent weeks, those two, they're fighting a lot harder than Mainz and Schalke. So I think just yeah. the fight might allow them to kind of finish third and fourth from bottom. You know, obviously third from bottom goes into a playoff, so it doesn't mean that they're safe. But yeah. I just don't really... 
I just don't see how they're going to be able to get enough results. And I mean, obviously, a lot of teams struggling financially. So I don't expect to see a lot of uh, action in the transfer market from any teams in January, to be honest. I really yep. don't. Maybe a, a couple of signings for Dortmund and the, the bigger clubs, but I don't see anything from like the teams kind of fifth or sixth downwards, to be honest with mm -hmm. you. So I don't expect much to happen on that kind of front. And I just don't see enough in there to make me think that they can stay up this year. Rory, do you think the writing's on the wall for Mainz and Schalke? Uh, yeah, more so for Schalke because Mainz do have goals in them. Um, I think, as you mentioned, Mateta, Botias, Quazon, they've all grabbed a couple of goals so far this season, Mateta especially. Um, yeah, may, maybe the, um, the proverbial writing is on the wall for Mainz, but if they can get a few more goals back in their system, they'll have a lot better of a chance for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's move on to quickly some of the other games as well in the, the weekend. So, yeah, we had a, a win for draw specialist Frankfurt, 2-0 uh, in Augsburg. I think this was um, a relatively entertaining game. There were probably quite a lot of chances for both teams, really. But I think Frankfurt definitely had the better of this game, Rory. Yeah, very narrowly, I'd say. Obviously, Augsburg kind of... Um neatly tucked into mid-table won't necessarily be um, too upset um, given that they're playing a very uh, good Frankfurt side. Frankfurt of course will be relieved, massively, massively relieved that they've finally been able to convert <laughs> um, from, from the draws that they've been getting. Um, so yeah obviously Andre Silva being involved in in you know in, in goals is is a bit of a you know a, an obvious thing to say from a Frankfurt point of view. He was involved in the lead up to the to the own goal, their first goal. Um so yeah Frankfurt they can they can certainly be happy with the the job they've done so far. They've not lost many games. Now hopefully going into the new year, bit of momentum on, on the back of that win and they can uh, they can push on for European places perhaps. I think Augsburg, to be fair to them, they did make a few changes as well for this game. Ruben Vargas, who's kind of like seen as their main strike, like forward threat, he was he only came on after 66 minutes. I think probably the only thing you would, I mean, obviously it's been a solid season for Augsburg so far, given their kind of budget and uh, kind of uh, that that side of things. But I would say the only sad thing is that Niederlechner hasn't picked up from where he was. I mean, for me, he was one of my kind of standout players of last season. I really he was just like that kind of big gangly striker, but he was just banging the goals in from all angles last season. This year, I think he's only got one or two goals maximum and his performance level has been nowhere near what it was uh, last season. Uh, obviously, Alfred Finn Bogisan as well. He was the star of two years ago for them. So, yeah, it's interesting to see him get a start because he doesn't play very often at all these days. Uh, surprises me a little bit because I quite like him as a player. He seems like a natural goal scorer. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does prove that they have a few options at Augsburg as well. I mean, they, they do have options. Vargas, Niederlechner. Finn Bogasan. It's it's a decent, solid side. And I don't think this was a bad performance. When you're Augsburg, you're always going to lose games, you know. But it was a, as long as the performance level stays as high as it is, they'll win comfortably enough to finish like in probably the for me, they'll probably finish like higher bottom half, really. Okay, so um yeah, and then obviously a, a pretty eventful game between Gladbach and Hoffenheim. Yeah, I mean, some might be surprised we didn't feature this game. But, yeah, I mean, it was a Lars Stindl penalty giving them the lead. So that's four goals in his last two games for the on-form attacking midfielder Stindl. 
And then obviously Hoffenheim fighting back for what was a really, really big win. But I think probably the big talking point was the Marcus Turam spitting incident. I mean, obviously at one all, and I think there was about 12 minutes to go. And then he does that, tries to deny it at first. To be fair to him, he did apologise. He came out on the Saturday night and he apologised for doing that. But I mean, I don't think his manager will be thankful at all. I mean, he is the star player. And then obviously from an English perspective as well, Ryan Sessignon getting quite a nice uh, winner. Yeah, I mean, a big goal for him because it's not been maybe quite... I expected him to go to Hoffenheim and get straight in the team, but it's not been that... I would say it's been more down than up for Sessignon so far, Rory. Um, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think in the last month or so, he, he started to show some some really nice touches. I think he's got the odd assist as well and it's starting to link up quite nicely with Kramerich. Um, so I'd say, you know, it's, he's now on, you know, an uphill uphill curve. Um, so fingers crossed we see a lot more from him uh, and, and Kramerich. But yeah, with regards to the red card and Chiramis, just, yeah, it's horrible to see disgusting really um you know in a in an age where we're even more you know conscious of health health and welfare to do to do that is is it's it's disgusting it's not it's not on um so yeah obviously it's good to see that he's come out and apologized hopefully he learns from it and never does it again um and i mean you know he won the penalty for stindle to score in the first place and in theory wasn't having a bad game whether it's frustration, I don't know. But, yeah, that's horrible to see. Um, and has ultimately cost his team dearly again. Um, so, yeah, Gladbach really struggling at the moment. I don't I don't quite know what's going on um, and, what, and why they can't seem to pick up these wins. Um, and now, that, you know, they're, they're very much in a race for, for top six. I mean, top four isn't beyond them because other teams have been losing around them um so there's still plenty of time to go uh two week break is probably perfect for them i think they just need to get refreshed and go again in the new year um but ultimately chiram you know he's out for the next few games because of that and that again might cost them so not only has he cost them in one game him not playing in future games may also not be good uh credit to hoffenheim because their performances have just started to take a uh, bit more of a turn for the better. So that's great to see um, them kind of pushing back up the league because they were starting to fall down a bit too much to their own liking. Uh, but yeah, a really important win for Hoffenheim. Very well done indeed. Yeah, and a good performance from them as well. A couple of nice goals. It, alluding back to the two Ram incident, it'd be interesting to see how many games ban he will get because I know like in Germany, they're taking it like really, really seriously, that kind of incident. I mean, as they should really in a pandemic, you know, and I think it could potentially add another couple of games onto the ban. The fact that we are in a cup, because I mean, in Germany, they very much consider footballers like role models as well to the society. And if kids have seen him doing that, then it could react badly in a kind of wider society. I mean, obviously, it's never good to spit in someone's face, but in a, a global pandemic, it's even worse, really. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them slap like a 10 match ban on him for that, to be honest with you. I really wouldn't. But uh, I mean, he probably deserves it if he gets it, which would be a massive blow for Gladbach as well. Yeah. To be honest. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then moving on from that, obviously, a nil nil draw between Leipzig and Cologne. 
as well. I mean, nobody could have predicted nil-nil there. I think most people would have expected, most people would have had that one down on the, the over 4.5 goals. Kind of, <laughs> I would have done anyway. Yeah. Rory, uh, what did you think of that? Yeah, a bit of a coupon buster, that result, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it certainly was for me. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well done to Cologne. Really good defensive display. Ultimately, RB did have their chances. Um, Timo Horn in net uh, did a fantastic job as well. Uh, obviously, they did have the ball in the back of net after just three minutes, but it was judged uh, to be ruled well ruled offside in the build-up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's the old cliche that we've talked about with RB. They we've said this season how they've changed and they're not going to drop points against these teams and do all these silly things. And now they've done it just before Christmas. Um, maybe it's because they're tired. Uh, a lot of teams have looked tired this match day weekend. Um, and they just couldn't get that bit of quality to get them what would have been a really important win. They've dropped points and obviously Leverkusen dropped points and uh, Bayern have took advantage of that. So yeah, bad weekend overall for RB just before Christmas. Uh, but yes. well done, well done to Cologne though. That's that's an important point for them. Yeah, it's such a pity though that uh, I guess for the title race, the Leipzig couldn't get over the line because, as you say, they played so much football. I mean, this was this, the season started in the middle of September, and this was the seventh midweek match they've had to play. Obviously, on top of six Champions League group games, it's just been absolutely brutal. So I think. And, uh, well, yeah, I say this match wasn't midweek, but the one against Hoffenheim, which they won. But, I mean, this one was just one game too far. And actually, Cologne did have a few chances on the break to win it, especially one at the end as well, where the manager, I think he saw glory in his eyes and he just kind of screwed it wide. But, yeah, I mean, it's still a massive point for Cologne. And they have been, I mean, obviously, the last away game, they won in Dortmund as well, didn't they? So, I mean, it's been a, a good little run for Cologne. It really has, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the the Sunday games now. So yeah, we had a again we we praised Freiburg in the last show. I mean, it's been another amazing performance from them. I mean, obviously Grifo definitely. I mean, we said he had a good game against Schalke, but this game he had a really really good game. He was just outstanding in this match, wasn't he? Controlled the match from start to finish. Obviously got the early goal. I mean, then I think they had a number of chances Freiburg to get the second goal, and then all of a sudden the game just flipped on a switch. Uh, Luca Bacchio getting the equaliser and then at one all, I think Hertha Berlin had like three chances to take a 2-1 lead, which would have been undeserved in a way. But I mean, I think they hit the post through Cunha. Then they had another couple of chances through Luca Bacchio as well. And then all of a yeah. sudden, they get the second goal, which was a little bit lucky. It seemed like a miss hit to me, the second goal. But then obviously the game switched again and Freiburg went on to win comfortably. Uh, what did you what what kind of stood out to you, Rory, in that one? Uh, well, the the one standout player I think uh, was Grifo again. He he's done a fantastic job of of pulling Freiburg with him. Um, he looks like just a an overall winner um, and and kind of demands higher standards. So obviously, getting himself a goal and assist uh, was crucial in terms of the game. Um, Again, it would have been criminal if, if Freiburg had gone on to lose this game because, as you mentioned, the game did very quickly kind of switch over to after the Hertha goal and there was a lot of pressure from the away side, looking like potentially a uh, typical Hertha game where they win away from home um, and, and produce the goods. But, yeah, pleased that Freiburg were able to come through and, and score some goals. Um, 
obviously it would have been fantastic for their fans to enjoy a, a second half salvo in the end scoring two three and four goals at, at the end obviously with the penalty um so it's important for their confidence they're now um probably one of the few teams that didn't want the winter break because they're on obviously a really good run um so yeah come comes in kind of fits and bursts with certain teams wanting a break and maybe others not but um it, it proves to show that they were really in trouble and they, they've obviously gone on this really important run. They've got themselves effectively out of trouble for now. Um, and it just goes to show any team can do that. And they've obviously, we put them in being in a bottom five not long ago, and now they're as high as 10th. So a little, a little bit of a run and you can get yourselves right out of trouble. And now they're in mid table safety for now. So well done to Freiburg. They've been, uh, they've been fantastic of late. Um, her to less said about that, the better perhaps. Yeah, I mean, 17 points from 13 games is a really good tally for a side like Freiburg. And I think apart from probably like, I would say they started pretty well, but then they had like probably three or four games, especially the Mainz game at home when you were thinking, oh dear, they're going to be in a bit of trouble this season. But like this last three games have been outstanding for me. It's been three brilliant, not just wins, it's been three good performances where they've scored goals created chances it's been really good and I think 17 points from 13 it's very very mid-table kind of form isn't it I mean and if, if you'd have given them that them at the start of the season after selling a few key players like Val Schmidt uh, the main striker from last year but I really enjoy the way uh, Freiburg play football as well like they're not really a kind of they're not a physical side as such but they're um, very entertaining to watch obviously Grifo is the main man but like Salai is key yeah, yeah. Oh, even peterson after his disaster last week getting the penalty at the end that was quite nice to see wasn't it that they gave him the penalty after yeah. coming late in the game to try and get his confidence up but it proves they've got a good team spirit at that club as well and i think um yeah, yeah i mean if they can keep obviously they need to keep on to griefo because he is the the kind of really skillful and the key man really but i think other than that they don't need to worry anymore about being near the bottom for me yeah, moving on to the last game, Wolfsburg v Stuttgart. I think more people would have expected this to be higher scoring, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, it's another win for Wolfsburg, bouncing back from their first defeat of the season. I mean, it was a game of two halves for me, this one. Wolfsburg completely dominated the first half. And the second half, it was more Stuttgart trying to push. Again, we mentioned before, they always find an answer, but this week they didn't, you know, Rory? Yeah, um, I think credit to Wolfsburg because now they're finding a way to win ugly, which they weren't at the start of the season when they were drawing ugly, which was a lot more hard to watch. <laughs> um, but yeah, credit, credit to them for getting the important goal and then and being able to hold on. Uh, I think that defensive grit that, that they've displayed this season, they've not conceded too many goals um, and being able to hold out a very... And usually energetic Stuttgart team is a very big plus for them. And they go uh, right back up there with, with that win. Obviously, now they're sitting um, back in the top four in terms of their season. That would be overachieving for sure. Um, so for the fact that they're sitting there just before the Christmas break is a fantastic achievement for them. Just the one loss to buy in. So very well done to Wolfsburg. Um, just one of those games, I'd say, for Stuttgart. Only their third loss for a newly promoted team. They've been... a Obviously, as we've mentioned, a breath of fresh air. Just obviously have a nice two-week break and continue in the new year. 
Yeah, and the first side to keep them out as well. The first clean sheet of team has kept against Stuttgart this year. So, yeah, I mean, Wolfsburg are a good side, not as are Stuttgart, really. So two of the teams that I've uh, got big hopes for going into 2021. Okay, so that's the end of our review. The, the final show before the winter break, as I say, week 13. So let's now move on to uh, our predictions as well. So, yeah, Petrie and Pundits predict. So let's move over to Rory for that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's quickly uh, move through our, uh, myself and Mark's predictions for the first round of games after the Christmas break. So it'll be matched week 14. Uh, just done a quick count up as regards to how me and Mark are doing. We've uh, exchanged blows during the uh, the last two rounds. So Mark won um, to get himself back to 6-3 and I have somehow won this week uh, with a miserly one point and Mark got a big <laughs> fat zero, I'm afraid. So it's 7-3 as it stands. Um, so Mark's having to have a two-week break to, to rest and recuperate. <laughs> and uh, I'm going in with loads of momentum. So we're going into match with a uh, 14, so we'll go into it. So starting with um, on January the 2nd in the afternoon, so it'll be Saturday afternoon games, we've got Hoffenheim hosting Freiburg. And I'm going to say an entertaining 2-2 draw. Mark, your thoughts on this one? I've actually gone for a 2-1 away win for Freiburg. I hope that the winter break doesn't take the uh, the kind of sting out of them because they've been brilliant. Yeah, very good. Another Saturday afternoon kickoff will, and another exciting game will be Eintracht Frankfurt versus Bayer Leverkusen. Um, I think uh, Leverkusen will just about narrowly win this one 2-1, but I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, I've gone for a one-all, but I think there'll be a lot of chances in this game and it could be won by a late goal potentially, but one-all for me. One-one, very good. Uh, then we've got FC Cologne hosting FC Augsburg. Um, I think the home side, uh, after the grit and determination they've shown, will be able to get a win over the mid-table side. So one-nil Cologne for me. Yeah, I've gone one-all, but it's a very hard one to tip this one. Again, it could go either way, really, this one. Yeah, indeed. Uh, another Saturday afternoon kickoff will be Werder Bremen hosting Union Berlin. Um, despite the fact that both teams are opposite, opposite skin, opposite end of the scale in terms of form, I'm saying one-one uh, Werder Bremen to pick up a point. I'm going for a two-one Union win because they tend to do well in this kind of fixture. Very good. Uh, and then another Saturday afternoon kickoff will be Armenia Bielefeld versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, despite the fact that Armenia uh, obviously got an important win this weekend, I think Mönchengladbach will finally get themselves back underway with a 2-0 win. I went for a 3-1 Gladbach win there. Very good. And then we've got uh, some Saturday evening action uh, on the second. So it will be Hertha Berlin. Firstly, hosting, uh, struggling at Schalke. Uh, and I think despite the home size woes uh, at their stadium, I think they'll still be able to see off Schalke 2-0. Yeah, I've actually, this presents another kind of chance for Schalke to win. This for me is the absolute last chance saloon for them, really. And, uh, do you know what? I've actually gone for a 2-1 Schalke win. I don't know why, but I have gone for it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, our, our results are very opposite ends of the scale. So there's yeah, good. Yeah, think it really are, yeah. be, uh, <laughs> one clear winner next uh, yeah. next time out. Um, and then Saturday evening game, another very exciting looking game is VFB Stuttgart hosting RB Leipzig. Uh, I think there'll be goals galore in this. So I'm saying a narrow 3-2 win for RB. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one as well, definitely. Hopefully the teams can get refreshed, but I'm going for a two-all draw there. Two-all draw, very good. Moving on to 3rd of January being the Sunday, we've got Borussia Dortmund hosting uh, Wolfsburg. So another very enticing game uh, to look forward to on the Sunday. I'm saying 2-2. Yeah, I'm actually going for a 2-1 Wolfsburg win. Yeah, I just think Wolfsburg look like more like a winning team than Dortmund at the minute. Absolutely. And the final game of the weekend will be Bayern Munich hosting uh, off form Mines. So I'm saying 5-0 to Bayern Munich. Yeah, I mean, this this one, if Bayern are in the mood, this one could be anywhere up to whatever score you want to go to. But I'm going to go for a 4-0 win for Bayern. Very good. Well, that rounds up our predictions for next week after the Christmas break. So just before we wrap up this final show of 2020, we're going to quickly do our hero and zero of the week. Um, So I'll just start us off with uh, the zero. I think there's obviously only one place to come. Don't like to nail players too much uh, to the masts for for doing stupid things. But Marcus Chiram. You're the zero of the week for your disgraceful spit at Posh, um, which has cost not only his side the game, but potentially a a big ban, which would would obviously um, not be a good thing for his side, Gladbach, either. Uh, So, yeah, zero of the week, easily, uh, Marcus Tram for me. Yeah, and moving on to the hero, um, I, w- I wouldn't say it was like an outstanding weekend of fixtures, probably with a few teams tied. But for me, the probably the standout performance of the week from the team was Freiburg. And for me, the player was uh, Grifo. Yeah, I mean, a player that I've been talking about quite a lot in recent weeks, but I've really enjoyed watching him. He seems to be a, a mixture of like a leader a goal scorer and also like a kind of creator and a kind of uh, influential player on the pitch. So, yeah, for me, a goal and an assist against uh, Herter in the 4-1 win. For me, there's only one hero this week and it is Vincenzo Grifo. Very well done then for Grifo. So, yeah, that pretty much wraps us up for for this show. Um, Obviously, Season's greetings to everyone. I hope everyone has a good Christmas. Uh, Please do keep your eyes peeled on the OTB YouTube channel over this festive period. Me and Mark have got some more recording to do. Uh, So there will be some more European editions coming out. So we'll be obviously having a look at how match days four to six went for the German teams and also be reacting to the round of 16 and round 32 draws with regards to the German teams as well. We've got some more Derby Day divings that we're going to be rolling out as well. So there's going to be loads and loads of stuff for you to watch over the Christmas period to keep you entertained during whatever form of lockdown or tier that you may be in. Give OTB a watch. Give them a uh, subscribe. We promise we'll get you through it uh, one step at a time. Uh, So that uh, is pretty much us rounded up. So over to Mark to finish off for this 2020 last show. Yeah, absolutely. So as uh, Rory said, uh, we we still do have a lot more content out for you. So if you want to follow that, if if you're not a YouTube uh, subscriber, then please check out our Twitter feed, which is, as you can see at the bottom, at Over the Bar FB. Also, our website, which is very active as well, otbfootball.net. Uh, remember that the best way to follow our new contact though, is, content, though, is by subscribing, clicking the red button on our YouTube 
which will help as well. We're close to 100 subscribers. I think we're only five or six away from that. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully we can do that before 2020. So get subscribing. And yeah, I mean, we've got loads of stuff coming out for you. Look forward to the uh, European edition as well, which should be coming out within the next week or so. So, yeah, I mean, uh, season's greetings, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, schöne Weihnachtszeit, as it's say in German. And Merry yeah. Christmas, one and all. Take care, yeah. and we'll see you next time.